Good. Hey, this is Bob Nalbandian. And Matt Hartnett. From the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast. You can subscribe and download all episodes of the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast via the CMS Podcast Network at cmspn.com or any of your favorite podcast directories, including Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and more. And while you're at it, be sure to rate and comment about the podcast and spread the word. And if you'd like to donate to the podcast, go to our PayPal account at shockwavesskullsessions at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support of the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast over the years, and stay tuned for more great episodes every week. What's going on, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from Aftershocks, and just wanted to remind you before we give you this next great interview that you should be subscribed to the CMS Podcast Network, cmspn.com. That is the web address. You can watch, you can listen, you can subscribe. Everything you need to do to catch not only this episode, but everything that we've done in the past, it's all over there on the CMS Podcast Network, as well as great shows from the Classic Metal Show, Shockwave Skull Sessions, Talk To Me, and of course, Aftershocks TV. So sign up today and you will never be without entertainment again. All right, enough of this. Let me give you the interview you came here to see. It is Aftershocks right here on AftershocksTV.com. And today we are going to, we're going to sing some lullabies, I guess, with this um soft and soothing band known as Scour. <laughs> they are back with a absolutely brutal end to their trilogy of EPs. This one just called the Black EP. And with us right now is the guitarist of Scour and Phil Anselmo and the Illegals. And uh, you might know him from Cattle Decap back in the day. It is Derek Ingman. Derek, how are you, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. It's good to speak to you, man. I'm a, I'm a fan, man. Just in general, man. I I loved when you were in Cattle. I I love Scour. I love the Illegals. You can't you can't make music heavy enough for me. So it's great to see somebody that's involved with a lot of it, man. Cool, man. Very cool, dude. I've been uh, fortunate to be part of uh, many awesome projects over the years. So uh, definitely cool to hear. No doubt, man. Well, dude, let's talk about the Black EP, um, third third in a trilogy of sorts, and um, it, it fits, but it definitely shows quite. I think it shows quite a bit of growth from you guys. You know, as far as the the, it just feels tighter and more more crisp and more punching in the face. Not that the others weren't. Were is that how you guys feel about this one, or or do you feel that they all just sort of work together, or what? Uh, I definitely feel pretty much the exact same way. Um, like when we started out with the gray EP, um, first, like the first song dispatch, that was literally like the first demo that I wrote and nothing was ever changed uh, with it. And it works. I mean, it's still a great tune. I listened to it yesterday actually, but um, I think there's just been a natural progression from gray to red was a uh, big jump. I think. And then um, from red to black has been even more like a lot of tighter. You said mm-hmm. um, we went back to do a few things in the studio, make sure the guitars were like super crisp and heavy on like the chunky parts. But uh, overall, I think it's definitely tighter and just better, better songs all around. Really? No doubt, man. Now, now 
I'm going to be honest, Derek. I am not usually a fan of EPs just because I always feel like they kind of leave you hanging, wanting more, which yeah. I know it's kind of okay that that's a good or a bad, depending on who you are, you know. But I honestly think for a band like Scour, it probably works a lot better. I don't know. As much as I like the tunes, I don't know that I could take an hour of Scour. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it would yeah. I think I would end up with a headache. Is Is that kind of by design for you guys to kind of just do these short 15 20 minute bursts of of music and then kind of if people want more they can wait a year or so and get the next one i uh, i would say it's kind of a two-part uh answer yes and no um when we first started uh and we asked phil to join up i think he originally just thought it was going to be like four songs and he was like, Oh, I can knock this out easy. And, um, so we ended up making it into an EP with six songs. Right. And we were like, well, the next EP, you know, next thing we do should also be six songs. And then John Jarvis and I always had the idea that it should just be three, six, six, six EPs. So, um, that was like conceptually like our idea whether or not everybody else was on board yet or not. Uh, but it is great to have the, the trilogy completed. Honestly, it was, it's kind of a little dream of mine, scour being my baby and all. And uh, the next progression is logically to go forward with the full length album. Now okay. I don't think it's going to be like an hour and a half or anything like that. It's still going to be scour, but it would be a full length album. So Okay, so what would that mean? Like like 30 minutes or in that range, you think? I would imagine so, yeah. Okay. We're yeah. still um, putting ideas together for that, so. Sure. Well, um, Derek, at, with Scour being your project, clearly Phillips, Phillips' legacy, I guess, steps in there and, and people look at it as Phil's project. And, and I know you know that. I mean, that's the, oh, yeah. the nature of the beast. That being said... Does it, does that put additional pressure on you and you and um, Jarvis to kind of keep more of the creative coming from you guys so that it, so that it doesn't feel like your, your baby is taken away from you, so to speak? Um, I see that all over the place. People just labeling like Phil's black metal band. And it's like, first of all, we're not black metal. You know, we never claim to be, but, uh, um, I, I don't take any offense to it whatsoever. You know, we're lucky uh, to have, you know, Phil's huge career, you know, to bring new fans our way and uh, never once have felt slighted towards that at all. Um, the writing process, I do actually do all the writing. Okay. So um, surprisingly, Phil hasn't had me change anything from any of the music. So, and likewise, I would never have him change anything that he sent out because it's just been exactly what we needed for Scour. But uh, so there's never really uh, been any pressure to change. And in fact, Jarvis and I always joke around. We always say stick to the plan and don't ever overthink it because uh, when you start overthinking it, I think the project loses its you know original fire, sure. uh, original intent. So we kind of just uh, roll with the flow and. Um, Seems to be working out and people can call whatever they want and call it <laughs> black metal, Phil's new band, I whatever. 
Uh, doesn't <laughs> bother me. I'm honestly just happy to see my little songs out in the world. So sure. It, given Phil's, you know, career, I guess, and obviously Pantera, one of the legendary of all legendary and, and certainly down has had significant commercial success as well. It kind of opens the door that you might not get opened otherwise with Scour because, you know, th- those mainstream fans, those people that think that Cemetery Gates is the heaviest thing they've ever heard, you know, they will at least give this a shot where they might not otherwise have, have you found that you're, that you gain a lot of mainstream people? You know, I, I guess, do you see a lot of people when you do play shows that are wearing Pantera shirts that kind of gravitate to, okay, this is not, you know, so heavy that I can't take it. Yeah. Um, I see it both ways. We definitely, um, you know, having filled the bands open up many doors for sure. Sure. I mean, we're definitely a new band with three EPs. Um, and have gotten a lot of press, a lot of heat from it. Um, a lot of times, you know, there'll be Pantera shirts everywhere, which is awesome. Sure. I'm a big fan myself, of course. And uh, But I would say, like, the true Pantera fans, like the hardest fans who have never, like, really gone any heavier, they'll hear it and just be like, what is this garbage? You can't even understand them, you know? Is that even Phil? And right. we're like, hey, that's cool, you know, if it's not for you. But we also have seen... A lot of people say, hey, just check this out, and I love it, you know. And some people say some of the best stuff he's done in years. And um, it's kind of funny. We On this EP, we actually got a guest vocal from our buddy Jason Momoa. Right. You know, from Game of Thrones, Aquaman. Sure. And uh, when he shared it, um, that opened up a whole new world of people because I guarantee a lot of his fans have never even heard anything, maybe not even heard Pantera. You know, so we've seen a lot of newcomers just from that end as well. So it's pretty cool to see. And uh, it's pretty uh, brash and extreme for those who have never even like checked out extreme metal. But, uh, you know, yeah, scour is scour. So, right. Exactly. And, and, you know, you know, speaking of Momoa, how did that end up happening? What did he come out to a show or did you, did you guys know him from, you know, before he was an actor or how did you guys? end up connecting yeah uh we met him um on slayer's final show at the forum okay he came out uh i know he's good buddies with um gary holt okay and uh so he came out to the show and um i guess my guitar player the illegals mike DeLeon, had ran into him earlier in the night and he's like hey make sure you swing by and say hi to philip and the guys and he's like oh cool so it was right before we were about to go on stage actually i see him walking in the hall and he kind of gives me this look and I was like, Hey, <laughs> you want to come in and say hi to the guys? He's like, can I? I was like, come on in. So, um, he hang up, we hung out just for a minute and, uh, met everybody. And then I said, Hey man, you got to come out and do some backing vocals on walk with us tonight. And, uh, he's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, come on. <laughs> and, um, he, we didn't play walk that night, unfortunately, but we played this love. Okay. So him and his uh his like kids came up on stage and they're all singing on Mike's microphone and um it was just a really cool night and then after the show I talked to him for a bit and swapped uh numbers, swapped information and uh we just had this idea a few months later. We were like, Hey, I wonder if he'd be into doing a guest vocal. So I just, you know, texted him and he was immediately down to do it. Phil's like one of his heroes, so 
um, yeah, we got him to just do a guest vocal and, uh, it's been really cool. Feedback has been, uh, pretty awesome. Uh, some mix from the extreme diehards, I guess, but, uh, it's been, it's been an awesome experience all around. He's a great guy. Sure. And it is such an odd pairing. It's you take this most, the most extreme music in the world and you combine it with one of the biggest, biggest, you know, actors of the day, which, you know, you're thinking that you're going to see him, you know, listening to Kelly Clarkson or some shit like that, because, because that's what those guys generally do. And here he is metalhead to the core. That's awesome. Big time. Yeah. Like if, if you follow him on like the social media, you'll see, he'll be like skateboarding or like mount or like rock climbing. And he'll always have like Pantera or like Slayer, like jamming in the background. He's definitely a metalhead to the core. Sure. Definitely. Cool. Cool. Nice. Well, Derek, uh, you know, listening to, especially the black, the black EP, but really all three of the EPs, the one thing that really stands out to me is that, and you kind of touched on it without even meaning to, it's really hard to define this. People are going to say black metal. People are going to say death metal. People are going to say thrash. People are going to say noise. People, you know, there's, there's a lot of elements and it almost seems like you, you kind of twist and turn them instead of having a direct idea. How, how do you come up with the songs? Do you come up with pieces and then arrange them or do you come up with a full song, you know, or, or does it all start from a riff or what? Uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, the songs kind of, or at least mo- a big portion of the song will kind of hit me at once. Okay. And a lot of time it'll happen when I'm leaving my my buddy Kane's house, who he's done all the the layouts for the albums. He's done some uh, shirt designs and stuff as well. And a lot of times I'll be leaving his house and I'll just get this riff in my head. And then by the time I get home, I pretty much got like most of the song like mapped out. Right. So um, I try to just uh, get to a guitar and uh, lay it down. But the songs generally will come in one wave. It's weird. Even if it's like not weeks before the next one hits, but it just kind of hits all hits at once. And then uh, I'll get in there and lay the guitars down and map out all the drums and then kind of review it the next day. And that's when Jarvis and I say stick to the plan, we pretty much I call it there. Okay. And we don't want to overthink it. You know, I want that original idea. Right. Um, so it's really not collaborative as much as it is. It's either you Jarvis or the combination just of you two. It's actually, actually just me pretty much for the music. Okay. Um, obviously Adam Jarvis will lay down the real drums, but he pretty much sticks to like what I map out. Of course he is a, a better drummer than myself. So he'll <laughs> add his own flair to it. But um, for the music wise, I pretty much handle all the stuff. Um, we've gotten a lot of help from Malcolm Pugh, one of my friends, long-term friends. Okay. He's helped me on the, the two samples that we've done on red and black uh, sentenced and microbes respectively. And uh, he's a shredding guitar player actually for this band in okay. but he's also a great composer. So we used to live together back in the day and I hit him up for this and uh, I feel like we got something pretty cool. We put together. Oh yeah. 
Is this is this the kind of music that you listen to day to day or because a lot of times when I talk to death metal guys, they always are like, yeah, you know, I listen to, you know, Leonard Skinner or whatever. They're usually a lot of times they're far, far away from what they actually create. Uh, yes, uh, mi- it's a mixed bag. Definitely will be jamming the shit out of um, Dark Funeral and Marduk Emperor. Um, and but you know, I it's not just black metal and death metal, but uh, like when I go golfing, it's CCR all day long. Right. Um, <laughs> I rode off CCR forever. I don't know why I, I missed out, but this year for some reason I just can't get enough. Um, so I, I listen to a lot of 80s music, a lot of Tears for Fears, you know, Depeche Mode. Um, but when it's time to metal, Flesh God Apocalypse, you know, extreme stuff. When it's time to chill and golf, give me that CCR. You know? Yeah. Yeah, there's no Tears for Fears showing up on a Scour record, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Um, well, that would there be- is a riff in the Phil and Someone the Illegals catalog. That is directly inspired from a Tears for Fears riff. No I won't say which one it is because <laughs> I didn't write that one, but it's pretty awesome. And now every time we play it, that's all I can hear. That's awesome. Well, man, speaking of the illegals, I, I saw a story somewhere online, so it could be bullshit for all I know. But I saw that the plan in 2021 is that the illegals are going to go out. You guys are going to do some more shows doing, doing the Pantera music should the world decide to open up. You know, is because with that already kind of planned, does that kind of say that there's not going to be any opportunity at all to do scour as, uh, you know, live even in a couple of shows or anywhere? No, not saying that at all. Okay. Um, the illegals, we were supposed to go to Europe last summer and do all these festivals, and it was such a bummer that it got canceled. Um, so we're really hoping. This COVID bullshit wraps up uh, by July, at least. <laughs> um, I'm hopeful. We'll see what happens, because I know, I mean, getting 80,000 people together is, I don't know how that's going to work in Europe, especially, but. Right. Um, Scour has always been like a festival group, you know, where we've only done like some, a Hellfest or Roskilde or like some select shows. So we definitely have some offers. And um, it just kind of fit in where we get in. We've right. always been a band of non-haters uh, for our own members. So, like, we got a couple guys in Misery Index, you know, Mark and Adam, and they are super busy. You know, Bill, we're busy with the Illegals and his 40 other thousand bands. And uh, <laughs> I think we're still going to try and do some festivals if it works out. It's all pretty much up in the air with the COVID, but sure. if the right tour offer comes along, you know, we'll entertain that as well. It's just kind of kind of sitting back at the moment. Sure. I hear you. Is, is doing the Pantera music, I'm not, I don't want you to say, no, I hate doing that because obviously that's not true or you wouldn't be doing it. But, but is it, I'm going to use the word frustrating. You can correct me with any different word you want, but is it, is it frustrating to be doing sets of the Pantera music instead of promoting what I think is some very good music as well with the illegals. I I've loved the illegals records as well. You know, it, it, it almost seems like you cheat yourselves out of getting to 
profile that music. And while it's different from Pantera, it is, you know, it's valid music on its own. Awesome to hear. Um, you know, we've done some, or actually quite a few of like mixed sets where we'll do like start out with some illegals and then deliver the, uh, the goods, if you will. Um, but for me personally, it's a joy. I love Pantera and I'm playing bass in the illegals and, uh, I love playing Rex's bass lines. Never get old. So it's a little easier than grinding some of the illegals. Right. Easier. It's, I mean, you definitely got to be on top of your stuff to play Rex's lines and the haters are watching. So you got to be on top of that shit. Right. Um, but, uh, it's a pure joy for me to play these songs that I grew up on. I love it. And, uh, I haven't actually been on an illegals record. So maybe that's a little different for me because I'm just playing their songs, trying to do them justice sure. as well. But honestly, I enjoy both, and it's it's really fun when we get to play both sets as well. No doubt. Now, um, Derek, one last quick thing, and I've tried real hard not to focus on Philip here, but I do have a Philip question. I um, I know Phil a little bit. You know, I've known him over the years from – I've been in radio for 20-whatever years, so I've known him for a, quite a while. And the one thing that I always take away from him is he's so low-key, at least to, you know, me, journalist-slash-fan guy, he's so low-key. He's not, well, I'm Philip Edsomo, like, you know, not to shit on James Hetfield, but Hetfield's definitely harder to approach. Mm-hmm. Philip always seems like he's willing to – approach anybody he's willing to talk to anybody if his band is scheduled whatever band it is to go on at two o'clock it doesn't seem like he bitches and says wait a minute i should be at 10 o'clock he just seems like all he likes to do is make music and not get hung up in all the bullshit of that how how true is that from you knowing him a whole lot better than me or most people watching i mean that's totally true um it's incredible actually to see, uh, cause we get, he'll get recognized everywhere we go. Sure. So, I mean, like if we're outside having a smoke before the flight and we see these two armed guards come up and like coming straight at us and we're like, Oh shit, what would he do? And when <laughs> they're just like, excuse me, Mr. Anselmo. And he'll be like, yeah. And they're like, can we get a photo? You know, I'm talking to him and. Uh, he always stop and take the moment and talk to everybody. Sure. Um, it's just who he is. He's a fan of music, fan of metal. Uh, it, I feel for him sometimes because he can't go anywhere, you know, can't go anywhere without getting recognized. Um, and then like, especially in South America, when we go places, it's just hundreds of people waiting outside the hotel. He can't do anything. Can't walk anywhere. It's like, He's a beetle 24-7, you know, down there. So I feel for him on that end um, because it can be hard when you just need to go somewhere and you have to, like, meet 400 people or something real quick. Right. So, uh, he's definitely always taking the time. And it's, like, little things, too. Like, you, you see some people that just take a photo and, all right, cool, walk off or, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. But you see Phil when he's meeting these people, even if it's for 10 seconds, he's looking them in the eyes, like slapping them on the back as hard as hell, or grabbing them, you know, and you can just see these people light up, you know, it's crazy. And, uh, yeah. No, so he's a genuine dude. One, probably the most genuine dude I know. 
hands down. Very cool, man. Well, the most genuine record people can get hands down right now is the Black EP. It is Scour. It is absolutely killer. It's not for the weak. I will say that. If you're no. if you're somebody that thinks Motley Crue is metal, then uh, don't get Scour because you'll you'll be scared. But <laughs> for everybody else, uh, definitely check it out. The Black EP. And Derek, where should people go to keep up with Scour and tour dates and you know all that stuff? Uh, you can check us out, of course, on the socials, um, Scour Official on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, you can get pick up the record from Housecore Records, cool. uh, Nuclear Blast, uh, internationally. Uh, that would be the definite, you know, we're on Bandcamp, YouTube, we're everywhere. You search cool. Scour. Although you might find Scour Daddy sponges. Those will probably <laughs> come up if you search yeah. Those won't be as abrasive now, will they? <laughs> no, that's debatable, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Derek, thanks so much for um, uh, giving us a couple minutes here on Aftershocks, man. Thanks for having me, man. All right, brother. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. All right, everybody, another great interview right here on Aftershocks TV. And before we go, just want to remind you one more time, make sure you get over and subscribe to the CMS Podcast Network, cmspn.com. You can watch, you can listen, you can subscribe to everything that we do, not only us, but uh, the classic metal shows, Shockwave Skull Sessions, uh, Talk To Me. It's all there, one site, get four great shows, never have to do anything again, but be entertained. So, Check it out, uh, cmspn.com, cmspn.com, cmspn.com. Until next time, folks.